Hello, welcome to another episode of the Airway Podcast. I am your host, Alan Morales, with my co-host, Maria de Andar, and our special guest, Dr. Jose Saldivar. So, today's topic was failing. So, can you... Failing? Yeah. Fa- failing. You all invited me to talk about failing? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's look, a very uh, common topic. It's a common thing among college students. And you um, were my um, what was the name? You and instructor. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. my instructor and my teacher, so you know how I was, and you know you see students struggle mm-hmm. throughout the first year. Yeah, that's so right. I think you're the best choice of this. <laughs> um, okay, so where do where do you want to start? I mean, we can talk about our own experiences with failure. Hi. Um, well, so, who, how do you, how do we want to do this? Well, my the main question, I, well, the first question I want to do is, do you see a lot of students? Because I know you, you teach first year students, right? Mm, yes, sir. So, do you see a lot of students struggling their first year with failing classes or feeling like they are about to fail? So, I'll use my class from yesterday. I had class yesterday, uh, and. Uh, I asked the class, how many of you are failing or think you are failing or are lost in class? And more than half of my class raised their hands. And they weren't that they weren't speaking to my class, right? They were talking about other courses. Um, I think failing and failing is kind of um, um, what happens, right? That it's it's you know it's a conclusion. It's an effect of being lost in the class, not understanding material, not putting enough effort, not putting in enough effort, right? Not studying, um, and so it's an effect of that. And so for a lot of these, a lot of students, um, myself included, when I was a college student, um, we struggle, right? Especially if it's material we're not familiar with. If we we struggle with the way the professor teaches. Um, we struggle with our own attention, um, our own effort, um, and even our own perception about whether or not we can be successful in a class. Yeah. It's, it's a hard struggle because you're coming in, it's a new school, it's a new dynamic, uh, you don't really know how it works yet, and you're like trying to figure it out. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like you shouldn't worry too much that you're failing because it is new for you, mm-hmm. but you should continue to work on it 100%. Well, that is how you saw it. <laughs> but my first year, I actually didn't take it that lightly. I actually thought that I was like, either I wasn't up for it or it was the end of the world because I was like, okay, I got into this uh, institution while I'm like failing. I thought it was me uh, for a... Uh, a long time and then I noticed it's just the different things like even if I put my effort and if I try to catch up if I'm not understanding the teacher or how he teaches or anything like if I'm not studying the right things and I'm not studying the right way I'm, I wasn't gonna get a, out of it but I learned that failing is not only me there's other things I can actually put input into it mm-hmm. well I, I, and I think like you said a lot there's a lot that we can unpack there. The first thing I, I that I that caught my attention was 
you know, you, you're admitted to the, to the university, right? And a lot of college students, they feel like, just like you do, right? I'm admitted to this school, why am I failing? Me being in college, I shouldn't be failing, right? But I, I think it is more common than we, than we maybe think it is. Yeah, the thing is, I'm guessing not only me, I'm guessing a lot of people have this, is that we feel like we got accepted, so we are good enough to be here. Mm -hmm. So if we got accepted, we shouldn't be failing. So by putting those two together, you a lot of people stress. They're like, why am I failing? I should be doing well if I got good grades before. Um, they accepted me, now I might be kicked out. So, so, so let me ask you, Alan. When... Um when you were failing, did you question whether or not you should be here? Yes. I, I think you asked me that same question the first year I, I, I was with you. Mm -hmm. And yes, I questioned if I was actually supposed to be here or it was uh, luck that got me to school. Because to me, I was like, if I, if I can accept it here, why am I doing so bad? So I started questioning, like, am I doing well? Am I even supposed to be here? Or they just picked me to, like, filling whatever quota they had to do. So that had a lot of impact on my first year. I was not doing well. But after talking to you, talking to a lot of people, um, I managed to push those thoughts away. Mm -hmm. But they do come from time to time because they don't go away. And they're, they're powerful thoughts, right? Yeah, because... Once you're accepted, you think, okay, I'm going to do my best to stay here and prove that I, I belong here. But that same thinking gets me to do bad because I'm trying to prove to other people that I, sh I should be here instead of proving to myself that mm -hmm. I should be here. I don't know if you have the same feeling. Not really. Well, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> it's different because, like, for example, you're a chemistry major, which is completely different. Like, if I had those classes, I would probably fail because I'm not interested in that but like my first year um like even in high school my grades were C's and D's they weren't like really great uh, I learned to manage my time like I had to choose between tennis and studying I decided studying right and I saw that it's not the end of the world because I my grades improved like I got A's and B's and like I didn't like I'm like I can do this like if I put the effort in it I can actually do it and so coming into the university, I was doing basics, right? Like what most first year students do. And like, it's basically the same thing. It's English, science, history. Mm -hmm. It's just putting in the effort. I'm not saying that, uh, <laughs> like going into well, chemistry, like it's, it depends, I guess, on yourself. So let me ask you, Maria, where did you develop that perspective? Because I, I think, Right, and Alan's experience I is, get it. is not reflective, I think, of every student, right? Like, we, we all, every student kind of responds to failure differently. There are a lot of students that have that kind of experience and that response, right? I, for myself, when I was a, high, a college student, my first semester, I failed my first midterm. I had that <laughs> response. Like, I remember calling my parents and almost crying because I thought I had the same thing. I thought, maybe I shouldn't be here. And... And I struggled with that throughout my first year, maybe two years in college where, and it wasn't that I failed because I didn't fail that class, but I failed that one midterm, but that was enough for me to always question, should I be here? What am I doing here? Did they make a mistake letting me in? And what, somebody's gonna call me out, right? And, and so in, in academia, 
we call that imposter syndrome. And so a lot of like minority students, Latino students um, have that experience where they feel like I got in, but maybe I shouldn't have gotten in. And it's not only in school, sometimes in the business sector, things like that. You had a very different perspective. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that perspective came from? Uh, it came mostly, I guess, from the support from my parents. Okay. It wasn't like that pressure, like, oh, like, you're not getting A's, like, you're, you're punished, like, you're grounded, like, no, like, they're like, you need, like, you take your time, we know you can do it, do it at your own pace, and that actually helped me a lot, because, um, the, my first year, like, astronomy, I had no idea, because I'm not really into science, but, like, I remember the first test, I did fill it, but I was like, okay, so I didn't let it get me down because if I can go from C's and B's to A's and B's, like, I, I, I mean, I got this, like, I can do it. So I just changed the way I studied um, strategies. And actually, in my philosophy class this week, we were, one of the questions that he asked us, it was for critical thinking, was um, what do you, how do you learn something that it's hard to, like, you can't learn it? Mm-hmm. So, and like, what strategies do you use? And so for me, I said that I listen to music. I set it up, like, if I don't understand it, I set it aside, I listen to music, I do something that relaxes me, I clear my mind from it. And after that, like, I go over again the notes, I call my friends, I do whatever I can mm -hmm. to like clear the mind, and that actually helps. It helped me clear my mind, it helped me understand better the topic, and better register it and that way like throughout like the rest of the exams or like homeworks I yeah. did better and and so it sounds like you also didn't um carry negative thoughts with you mm -hmm. right and so for a lot of students if they don't understand something new or or it's a subject they struggle with right uh if it's a subject that you've always struggled with right I asked my class that what do you What's and I just put on the board. I said, "What are you good at? What am I not good at?" And, <laughs> and the majority of the students on the what I'm not good at put, "What do you think? What subject?" Math. Math. <laughs> Math was overwhelming. I and, and so and so, but a lot of students don't approach it the way you did, right? Where you mm -hmm. said, "I'm going to kind of clear my thought, clear my mind. I'm going to put some music on." Um, for a lot of us our mind becomes clouded, right? It, it, yeah. it, it's almost full of these negative thoughts about, I'm not gonna learn math. I'm not good at math, right? I've, I've, as an advisor, I've helped students register. And, you know, the students that don't like math, they're always like, oh, do I have to take math this semester? And well, it's part of your sequence. And I've seen like extreme cases where students say, I'm gonna fail, I'm gonna fail it. They haven't stepped foot in the class yet, right? Um, and so, like that gets at a, like a growth versus a fixed mindset, right? A lot of oh. students have that fixed mindset where I, I'm not, I'm not going to be good at it. You, I, you. I had that before. That's why I feel like coming into college, I was in a new mindset. Cause I, that was me before I was in high school. I was like, I'm not good at this. Like I'm really, like I would barely pass. And that just, I mean, I guess having the support of my parents, I know some people don't have that. Um, I feel just staying true to yourself, believing in yourself is the best option. Of not, like, try not to think of those negative things. 
But it also sounded like your parents also believed in you. Like they yeah. trusted that that you'd figure it out. Yeah. You were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Alan, you were going to say something. It's just that I, she does have a really, really different mindset than I do and that shows. <laughs> but um, I don't think, mainly the negative thoughts that I myself had was because it's not because I didn't believe in myself. Well, that's, that's probably it. But mainly it's because I compare myself to my peers. And of course, my peers were doing better. So I was like, why are they getting it? Mm-hmm. So my first year, I was just confused on, okay, maybe the first test, it's fine. I'll, I'll just pick it up. Because the second test, I felt that again. And they were just getting better. And I was just get, comparing myself instead of actually being like, okay, they, they study differently. They learn at a different speed. I should try to study for me and not just come like match them. But that took me a whole year before I actually changed. And like her, she has a growth mindset. Growth mindset, yeah. And at the beginning, I had a mix of them. Because in some classes, I was okay, I'm, I'm doing really well because I'm studying this way. I changed my way of studying, I think, in uh, English. Mm-hmm. But in chem and math and everything that I do, it's a really fixed mindset because in those classes, mainly, I only have four chances. That is only four tests. And most of my experience, my teachers don't give uh, extra credit. So to the bad part of me, I, w- I only had a fixed mindset. So if I failed the first one, I already thought that I was going to fail the other three instead of actually understanding why I was doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I still do the same thing. I sometimes still, <laughs> still compare myself because I have friends mm-hmm. and they were really smart or at least I think they're really smart. So oh, let me ask you, Alan, do you think you're smart? No. Why? Well, that's the thing. What is the definition of smart to you? Because there is a different definition to everyone. To me, smart is people that can just hear once, gets it, done. And even if you, they don't hear it, they just read it, they understand it. That's the thing. There's different kinds of smart. It's smart. smart. Yeah. So. But, but like, so here's the thing. I've never lacked in confidence in my abilities or anything like that. I, I think there was that period in college where I certainly did. And I questioned, right? And I went through the imposter syndrome and uh, I didn't think I couldn't learn something. The fixed mindset, I don't think I, I ever really had. I always believed I could learn something. But I did question, should I be here? Or should I not be here? Um, but when I think of things like smart, I, I think some of it is recognizing that you don't understand something and so you figure out how to do it you figure out okay what am i going to change right understanding like what you need to change right a lot of times that we you call that metacognition but i think smart is being able to adjust i think smart is being able to adapt i think smart is recognizing hey this isn't working i'm going to do something else the the person that that I would say maybe is more gifted and just that oh they have that that um, photographic memory or they you know remember these things you know I never had any of those I've never had a photographic memory I have a my my wife would say I have a really good memory because I remember a lot of like little details but for me it's always been I've always thought of smart as being able to recognize that you're not doing well, that you're not doing well, or that you don't understand something, but 
that you can learn something. That we can learn anything if we want to. And if we try and we put effort and we practice it, right? If we do all of these things, um, it's not going to come overnight. It's, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Um, and so when I, you know, I, I've known you now for over a year. And if I had to, if they were going to ask me, hey, is, is Alan Morales smart? And I would say, yeah, I think Alan Morales is really sharp. And I can say that because, because I've seen you in class and I saw, I've seen your work and I've seen you, you know, last year in class, I could always count on you to say something. And I knew Alan wasn't going to shy away from participating in class or, or offering a, a critique of something or an assessment of something. Um, you know, you were candid about your shortcomings and your struggles and but you could also point to why maybe you were struggling. I think that exhibit exhibits a lot of intelligence, Alan. And oh. <laughs> so, so I, I just, I mean, we can we can spend the whole time here, right, arguing about who is, who isn't, how do we define smart, right, intelligence. I, I think ultimately, like your success in college, has very little to do with whether or not you think. I mean, whether or not you are smart, right? Your perception of, of whether or not you're smart can have a tremendous impact, right? Because then we then we talk about the imposter syndrome, then we talk about fixed growth mindset, whether I can't learn it. Like I am incapable of learning something, right? My intelligence does not, or I don't have the intelligence, right? But I think if you have a growth mindset and if you believe you can learn anything, right? I, I think everybody can be successful in college. That's one thing that you point out, that the success we have in college doesn't define us. And that's one thing that helped me kind of get out of some of my fixed mindsets, because I still have it on mine. But I understand that I can be a smart person, but my grades might not show. Because there's um, the skills of taking tests, the skills of remembering, different things that can uh, kind of affect your grade. Mm -hmm. But also, those don't define you. Because there's, uh, I know some people that have some low grades on something, but if you just talk to them about that same thing, mm -hmm. they're gonna show that they know it. It's just that they don't know how to put it on paper, but they're really smart. So I guess, just be happy. You know, just count on your, on your skills. And one thing that also helped me uh, with not failing some of the classes when I felt that I was doing really bad is talking to my teachers because most of them they know you're human they know you your struggle because it's college mm -hmm. um, and they were willing to help me they were like look you have this I can give you these options mm -hmm. um, and I will take them yeah. and it will help but if sometimes they were like look there's nothing I can do I'm, I kind of just pull up magic um, it's okay like just there's a lot of options for you and one of them i think you told me um if there's no way that i learned that if there's no way to like at least pick it up to drop my class and i know dropping a class to a lot of people is like feeling really sad and they feel depressed they feel like okay why am i dropping it i could have done better but there's a reason why we have a six drop chances because people expect you to at least struggle a little. Mm -hmm. So here's your leeway. You can manage with that. But if you can handle that class, at least you have six chances. Mm -hmm. Of course, you don't want to just burn through them, but it just means that people in the institution at least understand that we are human. Like 
you will struggle. Mm -hmm. And I guess after so many years, they knew that, okay, six, Chavina. But the thing is, dropping a class kind of feels bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. But I learned that even if there's that small chance of passing, if you, as an individual, think you can do it, just take it. Because it kind of, to me, it motivates me to like at least push a little harder. And I understand it. So I guess to me, whenever a teacher tells me, look, you need this much to pass, I prefer to take that chance instead of just dropping it because then I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I could have passed. If, yeah. if I put that little effort, I could have done it instead of wasting one of my drops. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the problem is, you know, we have, we're approaching the drop deadline. So I, I'm yeah. glad that you brought this up, right? Drop deadline is November 14th for our listeners um, and UTRGB students. Um, I, I think the, the problem is a lot of times students never ask faculty. Students never approach their, their faculty members or their instructors to ask, how am I doing? Can I still pass this class? Um, you know, what advice would you give me? And I made this, the same mistake. The only class I failed in college, you know, I did what a lot of students did. I, I took a midterm and this was a class that I put in a, a lot of effort. I went to class, read, took notes, studied all the time, took my first midterm and I bombed it. And I always tell my students I failed it, like beautifully failed it. Like I was like way at the bottom of the curve. And I did what a lot of students did in, I said, I'm gonna try harder. But I did a lot of what I was already doing. I just did more of that. It didn't work for me the first time, but I convinced myself I'm gonna do more of it and I'll do better. I didn't go to the professor. I failed the second midterm. So then I just had the final. I didn't drop the class. I went to the professor then, at the, and at that point, the professor said, Jose, it's too late. You should have come to see me sooner. And so I, I think your point is, is really critical, right? Students need to talk to their professor. And, and, you know, at this point, the least I think students can do is go visit with your professors and find out how am I doing because sometimes we're lost and we don't know how we're doing our class. How am I doing? Can I still pass this class? But next semester, have that conversation sooner. Talk to your professors before, you know, at the beginning of the semester and, and, and ask them about maybe study strategies. Ask them about what advice they would give them. Should I go to the LAC? Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, because that's what our faculty members are there for. That's why we have office hours. Um, but when they wait too long, you put yourself in a predicament where you don't have a lot of options. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if, if you are going to fail a course and, and you know this because you've had the conversation with the professor, then I think you need to seriously consider dropping the class. Um, and then look at next semester as, as starting new, right? And, and I, I, I'm glad that you brought up the six drop rule, right? Because I think, yeah, the university understands students are going to struggle, students are going to make a mistake, but hopefully we won't repeat our mistakes. Yeah. Hopefully we're not going to burn through, like you said, six drops and then we're lost with no, we're left with no drops and we have to sort of take what we're given. Um, hopefully that first drop teaches us a lot Yeah. and teaches us to talk to the professor and to do things differently and to get help sooner. Um, I think Maria, you know, you brought up a good point. You said, you know, you change your strategies, you change what you did, right? And a lot of times students don't want to do that. We stick to what we know. 
um, which is also part of a fixed mindset, right? This is how we've always done it. And we, instead of, I need to adapt, I need to figure things out, I need to try different things. Well, I don't think they are scared of adapting. I just think they're scared of asking for help. Because in most of my experiences, uh, whenever we were asking for help for anything, mm -hmm. for some reason we thought that we were showing that we were weak in a way, that we are dumb, that we are like... Uh, you don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know anything. I don't know if you ever saw that or felt that way. I, I not here in college, but before, like I was saying, like I did feel like I did. I was a very shy person. I did not like asking for help. I felt like people were gonna look down on me. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, you don't know anything. Like, I mean, high school can be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's only high school. I still see it in my own classes, like chemistry. Chemistry is really yeah, hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. Really hard, depending on who you are. Mm -hmm. But either way, Sometimes I myself don't get it, but whenever the teacher asks who doesn't get it, I see nobody raising their hand. So it kind of picks... You don't want to be the one person Yeah, that... it kind of picks up my brain like, hey, you're the one that doesn't get it, and they all do. But the other part of my brain is like, you know there's someone else that doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. they just, they're just scared, and it's true. Whenever you ask a question, everybody, everybody turns to you. They're like, oh, it's you, you don't get it. But you also see people that look at you like, thank you. I didn't, I didn't want to yeah. ask. So I guess it's just fear yeah. that of showing like, hey, I don't get it. Yeah. And that, that has hindered me in this semester sometimes. Because there is some topics I'm like, okay, can I get it, but I don't get it. So can you please explain? Yeah. But instead of asking him in the class, I ask him after class, yeah. in his office hours. I think that just shows that maybe you shouldn't be afraid just to ask for help because in the end your teacher is there to help you they're willing to help you mm -hmm. but again when people just look at you and start you kind of feel like you don't know anything i i think some part i mean i understand i i was the same way we had in the class that i did fail um there was a student a young lady that sat in the front and uh asked questions every day and everybody like we knew she was going to ask questions and you know we we were kind of annoyed and you know people would get annoyed and people would like under their breath say something but she got an a in the course because she knew she didn't get it yeah and she asked questions she did what rational people do is they ask questions right and um whereas i didn't ask questions and maybe i should have asked questions maybe i would have done better maybe i would have passed and i wouldn't have had to retake the course but that's what you learned that i i did learn but you know, I, I think for a lot of our students, right, especially if you're failing now, take these lessons, take the lessons of struggling with a course, failing, not talking to your professor, take these lessons and then build on them for next semester. And so next semester, I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask questions, I'm going to go to office hours, I'm going to ask for help, right? I, w I was the kid that used to do, that would give tutoring to students. And then I got to college and I went to tutoring because I, I needed help. And I got over that very quickly. I, I, that, my fear of asking for help and worrying about what other people thought, I got over that very quickly because I realized... I feel like here you have to. You have you're to get... St you're starting to build independence. Mm -hmm. So you're starting to do things on your own. So you have to break down from that shyness or like that, I don't want to ask anything because you're going to need it. 
especially yeah. now since you're building up to your career and that's what me too i also agree about talking to professors i mean even at the beginning of the class they give you a syllabus they give you exactly the plan out of what you have to do when those exams are going to be you just have to organize yourself like that's thing Everyone, i mean it can change mm -hmm. it's just always keep an open mind okay like, and they also have office hours they have office hours they have i mean even sometimes extra credit and oh, I, and I, I, I think like that's a really good point, Maria. I think, you know, I always ask the students in my class. We always have this exercise, right? What do you, what do you, what do you need to know in class? I always ask that. And I ask, how do you know this, right? So, what do you need to know in chemistry? What do you need to know in your philosophy class? And then, how do you know this? It's in the syllabus. It's and you know, but but it's not just like the syllabus is like one giant arrow kind of pointing, right? It's right here. Um, <laughs> But there are so many resources available to students and it's just a matter of, of using them and finding them. And some of them are right in your lap or in your possession or on your blackboard or, you know, you have access to them. And, and we, don't, we don't use the resources that are given to us as well as we should. And um, so I think like you brought up a good point about the office hours, about the syllabus. Those are all resources that can be really valuable and critical to your success as a student. I think a lot of people or whoever listens, I should uh, take in consideration this. Whenever you go to class, and if you know you're doing bad, question this. Are you talking to your teacher? Have you uh, asked questions in class? Mm -hmm. Have you tried different ways to study? And are you willing to get the criticism? Because I know a lot of people, including me, uh, not long ago, I didn't want to talk to my teachers. Because even though I'm open always to criticism, for some reason, just being my teacher, it kind of changed my way because I didn't want to be criticized for doing bad. But in then they will tell you the truth, like, hey, you're doing bad because of this, 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 this. So I guess whenever you talk to them, have an open mind, mm -hmm. be willing to take the criticism and build on it. Yeah. Not yeah. just hear it and throw it away because they know why you're doing bad, maybe. But maybe they don't, but they're going to try and help you. Mm -hmm. So be willing to just accept the help, you know, and that's a lot of what I uh, I didn't do before. So, uh, I think another question that our readers might want to know is that okay, when you drop a class, what do you do next? Like, because I know sometimes mm -hmm. it can affect financial aid. So when you drop a class, you you should go home and cry. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I I asked my students that this week, and I said, what happens when you? After you drop a class and, and a couple of them said, actually in every class, they said, you run home and cry. But no, it, it is not, it's not the end of the world, right? And I think, I think we're probably running short on time, right? We've been going at this for a while. So here's what we'll do. So I'll give, I'll give some, uh, some tips for the listeners so that we can, you know, give them some tips to, to help them on their way. So drop deadline is the 14th, which is Wednesday. Um, students can go online and drop online. Um, just like they do when they register, there's the option of the drop. Um, when you drop a course, uh, you do not receive a grade you're, on your transcript. It'll, you know, it should receive like a DR or a D. Um, so what happens after you drop a course? What do you do? So what you want to do is you want to set up an appointment with financial aid. Because if you receive financial aid, that could mean that you are deficient hours, right? And so it, it's not really going to impact you that semester like this semester i think a lot of students are scared 
your financial aid is awarded over an academic year. So it's fall, spring, and then the summer. And so if you drop a course and let's say you were taking 12 hours and it puts you under now to nine, um, or if it's a four hour course, right, you were at 13 and at nine, um, then you may have to pick up an additional course in the spring or in the summer, right? Typically it's like 24 hours that you have to earn for financial aid or complete. Um, and so it's important that for our students that they go make an appointment with financial aid and just to know, to identify and understand, I dropped a course. What does that mean for me in the spring or in the summer semesters? So technically, as a summary for that, um, remember, drop date is November 14th. Mm -hmm. If you drop after that, you probably get an F. Well, I mean, hopefully, it's just if, as an F, right? if, if you fail the course, I yes. mean, you, I mean, you could, you could still, I mean, there's the a possibility final. earn yeah. a still final, so. Yeah, but yeah. if you're thinking about dropping and you drop after the 14, it shows as an F. It it shows whatever you earn. Oh, so right. whatever whatever grade the student does earn after the finals and after everything else, that's the grade that they get. Whatever they're gonna earn, that's what they'll get. Also, um, have an open mind. Mm -hmm. Be open to criticism and build on it. Also, talk to your teachers. They're willing to help you. And do it as soon as you can. It's better before soon than after you cannot do anything. And we'll just be open to talking to your friends also. Because mm -hmm. they can help you study in different ways. And if you're going to fail, it's not the end of the world. You have as another chance and just learn from your mistakes. Is there anything I forgot? That grades don't define you. Right. You define yourself. You define who you want to be, how you want to build on this. And that it shouldn't affect you. Just keep working on it. <laughs> Any last words? Um, no, thank you. Thank you for having me back and, and for inviting me to participate. I enjoyed this. Me too. Me too. I like it. Well, this concludes another FYI podcast. Bye-bye. Uh, Thank you.